and toward all the saints, that the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. For we have great joy and consolation in your love, because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed by you, brother. Therefore, though I might be very bold in Christ to command you what is fitting, yet for love's sake I rather appeal to you, being such a one as Paul the aged, and now also a prisoner of Jesus Christ. I appeal to you for my son Onesimus, who I have begotten while in my chains, who once was unprofitable to you, but now is profitable to you and to me. I am sending him back. You therefore receive him, that is, my own heart, whom I wish to keep with me, that on your behalf he might minister to me in my chains for the gospel. But without your consent, I wanted to do nothing, that, you good, that your good deed might not be compulsion, as it were, but voluntary. For perhaps he departed for a while for this purpose, that you might receive him forever. No longer as a slave, but more than a slave, a beloved brother, especially to me, but how much more to you, both in the flesh and in the Lord. If you then count me as a partner, receive him as you would me. But if he has wronged you or owes you anything, put that on my account. I, Paul, am writing with my own hand. I will repay, not to mention to you that you owe me. I love this part. He says, I'll repay, but don't, don't forget you owe me. You're even your very own self besides Yes, brother, let me have joy from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in the Lord. Having confidence in your obedience, I write to you knowing that you will do even more than I say. But meanwhile, also prepare a guest room for me. For I trust that through your prayers, I shall be granted to you. Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, greets you, as do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, Luke, my fellow laborers. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. Amen. And we just read the whole book. Amen. It was a, what we consider a pastoral letter. Paul is speaking as the pastor of Philemon, Philemon, however you want to pronounce it. And he is he is encouraging him. We'll talk about that later. This is one of my favorite Bible stories. This is just a great Bible story. There's so much in it that we want to talk about today. I know we've talked about it before. Back when we were in Philippians, we talked about it because it was mentioned there as well. And it's a pastoral letter. He's speaking as a pastor, giving instruction. He's kind of nudging uh, Philemon about this whole issue and we'll share about that later. It's a personal letter and yet it was anointed by the Holy Spirit and recorded as one that was circulated in the churches. Even though it was just a letter to Philemon, it was also something that all of us need to know about. And I'm, I'm glad it's in the book. Amen? Amen? I'm glad it's in the Bible because it has such a rich 
and wonderful story to tell. Now, what do we know about this fellow that it was written to? First of all, he was a Christian. Now, how do we know that? He said, I'm a Christian. He says he's a fellow laborer. He's, you know, he's born again. He's saved. Uh, he's wealthy because he not only has a house large enough to hold church in, but also he had servants and all kinds of things and, and was supportive of Paul's ministry. We know that he was from the city of Colossae. We will eventually be getting to the letter to the Colossian church and uh, the... Yeah, we've already covered Colossae. But Coloss the Colossian church uh, was a large church and yet it didn't have any common meeting place. They were under a lot of, of uh, flack from the Romans. It was a house church and they met in Philemon's house and had their services there and it doesn't say he was the pastor of that local assembly but he opened his home to it. We find from the what we've just read that he was a convert under Paul's ministry. That Paul alludes to the fact that says if he if Onesimus owes you anything, I'll pay you when I come back. He says, but you know what? You you owe me a little bit too. Even your very life, uh, and your because you know you're a dear son in the faith. So Paul's laying it on a little thick, but uh, uh, he lets him know that uh, he was a convert under his ministry. And then we come to the whole story, and you know it, I've told it many times, and you've read it and studied it, but it's a story worth retelling uh, as we get to uh, Philemon's letter here. The story of Onesimus. What do we know about Onesimus? He is a slave slash servant uh, of, of Philemon. And uh, what did he do? Ran he ran away. Now we know that he had heard the gospel, but he ran from it. Anybody know people that have heard the gospel oh, yes. and run from it? He uh, ran from it uh, because they were holding church in the house he was a servant in, you know, pretty much. He was there. And uh, what does that tell us? That even though he was in the house and heard the gospel, he still ran from it. What are some things that, that can tell us? He was being convicted. He could have been under conviction hearing the gospel message, and he ran from it. The convicting power of the Holy Spirit either draws people or causes people to run from it. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, it's just the way it is. Uh, some people don't like the truth. And they rebel against it and run from it. How I many of you have some runners in your circle of uh, family or friends that are run from the gospel? It's not that they didn't hear it. They just rejected it. Mm -hmm. That also tells us we all have a choice. Yes, sir. There's some beliefs that we don't have a choice 
It's already set in stone who's going to be saved, who's going to be lost. But that's not like God. God the, my Bible says that He's not willing any should perish. Well, that doesn't bode well with those false doctrines of election. And his, his, his choice, his vote was for everybody to receive the Lord and Savior. But you get a vote. And uh, if you vote not to, it's your choice. What are some other things we can learn by the simple fact and reality? Onesimus was in the presence of the gospel, but ran from it. Anything else that tells you? I, I think it speaks also to Philemon. Paul never mentions, well, it's your fault he ran, you know. I know people who feel great guilt over those who have run from the gospel. He says, well, you know, I, I brought him up in church. I did this. I did that. I tried to be a witness. And, you know, I'm a failure. You know. No. If that were the case, then God would be a failure. You couldn't have a better father than God. Amen? And yet he has children that rebel against him and run from him. And I don't know if it's anybody here that needs to hear that or somebody that's watching at home. If you have tried to live the, the gospel in front of them, if you've given them the, the gospel in life and in word and in action and priorities, and if they choose, it's not on you. You're still praying for them. You're still trying to minister to them. The devil wants to lay guilt on you that you don't deserve. Paul did not lay guilt on Philemon for the running away of Onesimus. And this wasn't a part of today's lesson, but I, I feel it important to share it. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You can feel real guilty if you know, somebody that you raised or a loved one, a spouse or parents or whatever or yeah. that have run from God and you can be really on a guilt trip. Am I the only one? No. Yeah. We've told you before about a certain part of our life. Uh, Linda and I took in uh, four nieces and nephews at the same time from an abusive situation. And uh, we we took them in and we already, I was pastoring a large church and uh, it was a challenge. I'll put it that way. It was a challenge. It was a challenge for Linda. It was a challenge for me. And we had to do the supervised phone visits every week. That was my job, listening in. And I'd have to stop and say, no, that's a lie. Tell them that's a lie. Okay. And uh, all the kind of shenanigans behind the scenes. And just a lot of work and effort put in. And of those four nieces and nephews, two girls, two guys, we have the eldest, Ronnie, is pastoring. 
in Pennsylvania. The next to youngest, Rio, has given her, wandered away, but has given her heart back to the Lord. The youngest uh, was in a uh, gay lifestyle, but is getting away from that, divorced the spouse, and is actually remembering things she was taught in church. And is talking to Rachel about getting back into church. The, the other nephew is thoroughly in the, the gay lifestyle and uh, just uh, un, unbelievable situation. But you know what? They were all taught. Mm-hmm. We tried to live it in front of them. When the doors of the church were open, they were there. And we have no guilt because we did our best and prayed over them and still pray over them. And, uh, but they all have a choice. They had a bad hand dealt to them by their mother and, and uh, stepmothers and whatever. But they had a choice. So we pray for the seed that was planted. But ultimately, it will bear fruit. But for those who have suffered under the guilt and anguish of that. Now, if you didn't do anything, if you didn't pray for them, if you didn't try to be a witness, if if you didn't get them in church or whatever, well, there ought to be some guilt. But you can't undo the past. You can pray for them now. And you can take it as serious business now. And But don't live, live under guilt. Say, I'm taking action now. I messed up before. I've had people over the years that, you know, when their children were young, they weren't right with the Lord. And they didn't raise them in church, and they raised them to be heathens. And now they've gotten saved, and they're... I said, the first thing you need to do is go apologize. Mm-hmm. Say, I'm sorry, I didn't. Yes, sir. And the Lord can use that to soften hearts as well. But we're getting off our story here. Story of Onesimus. Here's a kid. It's pretty obvious that he stole from, from Philemon and took off. He was probably an indentured servant. He was, he was there to pay off debt. That was the common practice in those days. We see it throughout the Bible where people were going to be indentured servants until the debt was paid. You know, the widow with the, the son, the widow with the multiple sons, the oil was sold, all, all kinds of situations to pay the debt. Well, he took off. And it appears that he didn't take off by himself. He took some stuff too and uh, ran off. Now, if you go to the back of your Bible and you look at your Bible maps, and if you find on the on the map, you can find Colossae. That's where it's from. And be sure and get a big map. Don't get a map of Israel. Because none of this happens in Israel. The back of the book, if you have, how many have maps in the back of your Bible? 
had an evangelist one time says, I believe the whole Bible. I believe it from table of contents all the way through maps. <laughs> you look at the Roman Empire and you look to the right and you get over into Asia Minor. That's where Colossae is. And then look all the way over to Italy. That's where Rome is. That's where Paul's in prison when he meets Onesimus. I mean, he, he ran a long way, didn't he? He ran a fur piece. And he's, he's over in, in a prison in Rome. And I love this story. I just love this story. He's run and run and run all the way, but his nature didn't change because he ran. He's back in jail again. We don't know what he's in there for, but uh, he's back in jail. You see, changing your venue does not change who you are. Some people say, well, if I just, you know, I'm, I'm surrounded in this, I just need to get out of this situation. Well, you're the same person in a new situation. And there he was, over, probably over a thousand miles from Colossae, where he'd run from, and he's back in the same boat. Only he's not a slave now, he's a prisoner. He's in chains. And I love to have been there. I, you know, this is one of my, my dreams. I, wouldn't it be cool if, when we get to heaven, if the Lord would just show us the video footage of some of these things. Yeah. Wouldn't that be cool? Yes. Oh, I, I, oh, you know, I love a good you know, movie. But so they here he is, Onesimus. He's been caught. He's been sentenced to prison. He comes in, sits on a little stoop. They chain his feet to the ground, hook him to the shackles on the wall. And sitting next to him is an old dude in chains, in rags. And he says, Hello, my name's Paul. And Paul's chained to him. The kid is chained to Paul. And they start up a conversation, you can imagine. He says, Where are you from? What's your name? Onesimus. Onesimus, I. Uh, 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 where are you from, Onesimus? That's an unusual name. Uh, where are you from? He says, uh, Colossae. Colossae. I know, a, I have a good friend in Colossae. Uh, perhaps you know him. It's not that big of a town. His name is Philemon. And you, should, you could just see Onesimus' face drop. No. Of all the people yeah. in all the towns, you have to know Philip. Yeah, he's a good friend. You know, I haven't seen him in a while. How's he doing? He says, well, uh, about that. <laughs> I, I was a, I was an indentured servant in his household, and and I took off. Oh, and here you are. In chains. <laughs> Chained to
to the best soul winner on the planet. Yes. Wow. We don't know how long it took. But every time Paul's chain moved, Onesimus' chain moved too. I mean, they were close. They're in prison together. And uh, in the process of time, Paul, chained to this guy, tells him about Jesus. Now, he's heard of it before. Because that's the house he lived in. The house church. But now, he's hearing about it from somebody who's in chains just like he is. And he said, you know, I, Paul probably told him his testimony. Want to bet? He, he tells it a lot of times in the, in, the, in the scripture. Every time he has an opportunity, he says, I was, I was a devout Jew. A Jew? Yeah. He says, I was a devout Jew. And I, I was, I was uh, going and attacking these Christians. I, was, I had letters to put them in jail and put them to death. And on my way to Damascus, Syria, you'll never believe what happened. And this, what? What happened? A bright light came and knocked me to the ground. You don't say, yes, I do say. <laughs> and and, 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 and I, I, I can't see. I'm blinded. I'm blinded. No, no, you, you don't say. I do say. And, and he says, I, and, I, and I cried out, who? Who, who are you? <coughs> and he said, the scariest thing happened to me, Onesimus. What happened? Well, out of that bright light that I couldn't see anymore, a voice came and says, uh, my name is Jesus. I believe you're persecuting my people. <laughs> Paul says, boy, right then and there, I knew I was in a heap of trouble. If somebody could knock you to the ground, blind your eyes, you better listen to him. And then Paul would have told him his testimony, how that he was, he was there in, in, in Damascus, Syria, on the street called Straight, and which still exists today. And, and, and there, he says, a guy came by, uh, and he prayed for me. And, and, and immediately I was able to see, and I was... I was saved and I was filled with the Holy Spirit and, 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 and God called me to be a missionary. You're a missionary? Yes. I'm on a mission and right now you're my mission. And he led Onesimus to Jesus Christ as Savior. Shortly thereafter, we assume, Onesimus has served his term for whatever he did. And uh, probably drunk and disorderly, I don't know. Because if, if, if he had stolen something in a Roman situation, he'd be one less hand. They'd chop it off. That was there. You don't, you don't find too many one, two stub-handed thieves. You know, if you pickpocketed once, uh, you've got a reminder everywhere you go. Watch out for him. He's a big, he's a thief. So he's released, but he hangs around and brings food and care for, for Paul. And then Paul, he says, I, I hate to do this, but you need to go back. I've got a letter that I've written 
by the Holy Spirit to the church at Colossae. All the house churches, I want you to take it. Me? Yeah, I want you to take it. And I want you to take this other letter too. I want you to take it and hand deliver it to your former master, Philemon. Can you imagine Philemon's face when Onesimus shows up? He says, I, I, I know, I'm sorry. I have two letters for you. Both are from Paul. But this one is personal to you. And so, from what we understand, Philemon welcomed him with open arms and brought him into the faith and treated him as a brother, not as a servant. What a wonderful, wonderful story. It's all in that little tiny book we just read today. The story of Onesimus. We want to see some of the prayer principles. And there's two great prayer principles. At least two. There's a lot more. In this tiny little book that we just read. There in verses 4 through 7 it says, I thank my God pretty easy to figure out this is a, a prayer principle. Making mention of you always in my prayers. Hearing of your love and faith which you have toward the Lord Jesus and toward all the saints that the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Praying for effective witness Praying for people to have an effective witness. You know, not everybody's going to come to Trinity to a service. And so we're taking our show on the road, so to speak, with you. You're the witnesses. Going out in the highways and the byways and telling people about Jesus. And... Uh, Paul here is praying that Philemon's witness, his sharing of his faith, would be more effective than it's ever been before. He probably sensed that, that he was feeling kind of bad over this Onesimus episode. He says, I'm praying for you, for your witness and your sharing of your faith become even more effective. He had probably prayed for Onesimus and who's to know that a thousand miles away, God's answering his prayer through the ministry of Paul. The same guy who led him to Christ has led Onesimus to Christ. Is that neat or what? Yes, sir. Amen. Wow. Wait. <laughs> so praying for an effective witness. How many of you would share a witness with me right now? It can be hard to share your faith. Can I get a witness? It can be hard mm -hmm. to share your faith. Why is it so hard to share your faith with someone else? Because flesh is in the way. Because your flesh gets in the way. You're your biggest obstacle. 
My yeah. flesh, yeah. What are some other reasons it's hard to share your faith? Rejection. Yeah, fear of rejection. Yeah, fear of rejection. What are some other reasons it's hard to share your faith? Anybody? Anyone? That's it? That's all you got? Fear. Multiple, multiples of fear. Fear of the of the sharing. Fear that you'll say the wrong thing. Fear that you'll do the wrong thing. Fear of their response and rejection. Or worse than that, they get angry. You know, uh, fear is a big part. Fear of rejection. What are some other reasons that it's hard to share your faith in Jesus Christ? You don't quite know how to start. Don't know how to start. You know, uh, how to, you know, broach the subject with someone. Uh, if you're waiting for someone to come up, so would you share your faith with me? Probably not going to happen. Mm -hmm. Right? You know, mm -hmm. that's probably not going to happen. That's what you've been waiting for. Well, when, when somebody comes up and asks me to share my faith, yes, I will. Yes, I will. That's probably not going to happen. Very seldom. But uh, there's all kinds of reasons why it can be hard to share your faith. Any other reasons you think are hard to share your faith? Maybe you shared before and they weren't listening. Yeah, you, you tried before. Been down that road before, you know. And you've... If they're not listening to you, or you try to share your faith with, if they're not listening to you, they just say negative war, it's going to be hard to share your faith with them. Right. When, they, when they're very negative to what you've shared, they don't want to hear it, they make fun of you, uh, they just walk away, get angry, get mad, uh, cuss, cuss at you, had that happen before. And uh, it can be hard to share your faith. It's just like, if you think of it in this way, if you have a sandwich, you have a really good sandwich. How many of you know how to make a really good sandwich? What's your favorite sandwich? Bologna. <laughs> Bologna sandwich. What, what's some other favorite sandwiches? Roast beef sandwich. BLTs. Oh my, you should have, you should have been there to pick up some. We had tomatoes like this. Last Saturday. What 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 else do you like on your sandwich? Oh, tomato mayo, all, all kinds of stuff. Well, okay, you get the idea. You have a really nice sandwich here, and you made two. You have one for you, and you have one to share. Share. Now, what could be some problems in you walking up to someone? and sharing your sandwich. What could be some problems? Just, you're sharing a sandwich. It's a good sandwich. But what could be some problems with sharing your sandwich? They don't yeah. you like they think you're trying to them. Yeah. In, the, in our society today, we're getting ready for the, the trunk or treat or trick or treat season, and there's always the warnings out be sure and go through your candy of your kids because people are poisoning them, trying to put drugs in. Uh, 
We live in a society that's just off hinged. It's unhinged. And so they could be afraid of what you're offering to them. Why are they? What are some other reasons why it would be hard for you to share your sandwich? Maybe they don't like the meat. Yes, you don't know what they like. Or I might want it all myself. Yeah, you might want to keep it to yourself and not share it. You're very happy eating both sandwiches. But, but let's let's say, what are some other obstacles? I'm trying to give you a simple illustration here. What can be some other obstacles for sharing a perfectly good sandwich? One that you're crazy about. They're probably saying, what do you want? Yeah. They, they, there's something what, behind it. Why are you doing yeah. that? Yeah, they're suspicious yeah. of you because they don't know you. I don't eat a sandwich from a stranger. I'm not going to eat a sandwich from a stranger. You know, <laughs> Are you getting the idea of what I'm trying to get across here? It's, it's not about the sandwich. It's about your relationship with the person you're trying to share it with. Yes. And just cold turkey sandwich to walk up to somebody that you don't know is going to be a hard sell. It's going to be a difficult time. How many of you ever gone door-to-door witnessing? Anybody door-to-door witness? That is the most roughest. That's a tough, tough handle. That's a tough job. Because they don't know you. And even worse, if they know you and don't like you. It can be hard to share something that's really great that you love. You know, you're not sharing them. Well, I hate tuna fish, so I'm going to give them a tuna fish sandwich. No. We're not talking about trying to give them something you don't like. We're trying to give them something that you dearly love. And they, they reject it, and that makes you feel bad. So we want to look at how to make it easier to share your faith and your faith to be shared effectively. That's what Paul is praying for Philip. Mm-hmm. That the sharing of your faith would be more effective. Wouldn't that be a good thing? Yes. And the first thing is good works can break the ice. Good works can break the ice. Let me look at some other. Who will read Matthew 5, 13 through 16 for me? We'll do that. Matthew 5, 13 through 16. I got it. Okay. Matthew 5, 13 through 16. And then Mark 12, 41 through 44. Who will do that one? I'll do it. Oh, she's got that one, and you can do Luke 21, 1 through 4, okay? Okay. Okay. Everybody got your locations so I can switch back so he can get his. Matthew 5, 13 through 16. Got her? Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt have lost its savor, savor, where it shall I be sold? And henceforth good for nothing but to be cast not 
to be trodden under the foot of men. Ye are the light of the world, a city that is set on a hill that cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a basket, but on a candlestick and give light unto all that's in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father. Okay, so sometimes showing your light out there uh, can be problematic, but it's talking about they can see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Uh, we do not do good works to be seen. We do good works so that people can catch a glimpse of Jesus. And we, we have this, every month we have this uh, situation when we're doing the food distribution where people are uh, very open to being prayed for. They come with prayer lists. Now that didn't start off that way. We didn't have anybody wanting prayer. But over a process of time, they began to realize that we really cared for them. Mm -hmm. We were not just in this to pass out foods. <clears throat> and so this past week, but last month, not this past week, but last month, we had two people pray the sinner's prayer. Praise God. At the food distribution. Thank you, Lord. And they had been coming for a long time. But they finally got to a place where they trusted enough. They saw that they're always thankful. Thank you for doing this. And especially when we have really bad weather. Amen? Those who've been out there, when you have bad weather, they're more thankful because they realize we could be at home <coughs> sitting by a fire or something. We don't have to be out there. But we're out there for them. We're giving a cup of cold water, as it were, in Jesus' name. So sometimes good works can break the ice so that people are willing to take the sandwich that you're wanting to share. You're not trying to force it, here, eat this. No, no. They, how many of you would have been around little kids, little babies, when you're trying to feed them something. You know what I'm saying? Something they didn't like. Cereal or fruit, little Gerber's fruit thingies. What, what do you have to do to get a kid, a little baby, to open their mouth and try something that you're saying is really good for you? What are some of the things that you have to do? Pretend you're an airplane. <laughs> what, are, what are some other things you've tried, whether it failed or not, well, to get kids to eat something? Well, you taste it yourself and you say, oh. That's a mistake. That's a, that's a mistake. Yeah, but I've tried it, you know. Mm, here, here, here. Daddy will try it. <laughs> it's so good. They're not, they're, not, they're not cool. 
How many of you have had them spit it back in your face? How many of you yeah. had that joyous experience having a kid, you know, spit it back in your face? Well, but when they trust you, sometimes they'll eat things that they normally say, oh, I don't like that. Mm -hmm. Carissa is learning this experience. She was there in the household when we took in the four nieces and nephews. And now she's taken in two, a niece and a nephew, who have had no constraints over them. And if they didn't want to eat it, whether they tried it or not, they'd pitch a fit and whatever. And you can ask Carissa about the broccoli wars from the other night. But then when they, when they finally got to a place where they began to trust her, Oh, that's good. And they're eating the whole thing now. Wonderful. Because they trusted her enough to try it. Yes. We're sharing our sandwich, okay? Mm -hmm. And if you try and force it down, they're going <laughs> to dig in. But you make it appealing. So sometimes good works can break the ice. Uh, Mark 12, 41 through 44. And Jesus sat over against the treasury and beheld how the people cast their money into the treasury, and much that were rich cast in much. And there came a certain poor widow, and she threw in two mites which make a farming. And he called to him his disciples and said to them, Verily I say to you that this poor widow has cast more in than all they which have cast into the treasury. For all they did cast in of their abundance, but she of her want did cast in all that she had, even all of her living. And then a follow-up on it, Luke 21, 1-4. And he looked up and saw the rich men casting their gifts into the treasury. And he saw also a certain poor widow casting in thither two mites. And he said, Of a truth I say unto you that this poor widow hath cast in more than they all. For all these have of their abundance cast in unto the offerings of God, but she of her penury hath cast in all the living that she had. Okay. Now, the widow was not giving to be seen. She was doing a good thing, but she was not doing it to be seen. One who saw. Jesus saw. And we don't do good works to be seen, but Jesus is watching. And Jesus can use that as a teaching moment. And so, uh, doing good works. Uh, what are some good works that we can do, maybe to people we don't even know, uh, that can break the ice for you to share your sandwich, your testimony, your faith with them? What are some good things we can do? Be friendly to them Being friendly. Being friendly to, to people. Uh, uh, Emory and I went in the store the other day. I was going to get her a, a, while I was getting something in Kroger's, I was going to get her a Starbucks. She loves Starbucks. And uh, we went up, and there's a lady behind the counter, and she's just walking around and doing different things, and she doesn't even acknowledge our presence. 
And uh, after a while, I was standing there, uh, I said, excuse me? She says, oh, I'm on a break. I said, I said, well, did you see us here? Yeah, but I'm on a break. Oh, well, thank you. We'll go somewhere else. Uh, you know, sometimes people, a friendly face, a friendly attitude can break the ice. Because in this world, we get so much negative attitudes from people. Yes. Uh, Sharon was sharing with me some of the things she runs into where she works. And people just being, she'll walk up and say, may I help you? And they, <laughs> uh, And we live in such a negative world any, anymore. And somebody being friendly or having a smile or, or having a good attitude about themselves can break the ice and make people willing to share. Another icebreaker is is uh, when somebody's maybe here over here somebody complaining or having a problem. I found that prayer can be an icebreaker, and I sound like you're having a d difficult time. Many, I've had this happen many times in restaurants or whatever. The waitress is looking stressed and overwhelmed. I said, "Hey." You know, is there something I could pray with you about? And they just melt. They just melt. Mm -hmm. It was, you want fries with that before that, but it was, you know, and they just melt. Not all the time, but it's worth a shot. And to pray, pray for them. Encouraging one another can break the ice. Uh, the ministry of helps. Doing good things, helping others, can break the ice. There are people that come to the, the outreaches. We have the outreach next Wednesday night. We have our trunk and treat. No scary stuff allowed uh, here where we have games and candy and hot dogs and popcorn and hot chocolate and everything for the community. And we have gospel tracts and we have people stationed in the barn to be a witness while they're having their food and provide a fun evening. And we've had individuals that allow us to pray with them and to talk with them to break the ice. Uh, we need help. Help doing that next Wednesday night. We will have our Wednesday morning class here. But then Wednesday evening, we could use some help. Say, well, what? I can't walk around and put on a costume or anything. No. But we need some people. How many of you can sit at a table? You're scared to lift your hand. How many of you can sit at a table? You're doing it right now. And just being there with a friendly smile and uh, striking up a conversation. They're there. They're having a hot dog. They're having popcorn, hot chocolate. Kids are having fun. It might be an opportunity for you to share a little bit of your faith. You're not force-feeding them. You're not trying to put that sandwich down their throat. But just the, the climate of casual conversation can open it. It's a we, we All of us have a ministry of ministry of helps. 
We can help. And uh, we may not do a lot, but we can help. It's like that old commercial, what was it, Shake and Bake? And I had been a little girl. Okay, some of you don't remember that one. But, uh, you know, what did she do? You know, not much, but it was a help. I want to give you, well, I don't know, I, I'm, I'm running out of time. On what about person. that uh, one, give it to Mikey, he eats anything. Yeah, yeah, Mapo, yeah. Give it to Mikey, he'll eat anything. No, that's life cereal, yeah. life cereal, yes. Mikey likes it. Mikey likes it. Good works can help our witness. It can be a, a gateway. We're not doing it to be seen, but we're doing it, and Jesus sees, and Jesus can use it as to open doors. And I don't have time to read it all for you, but jot this down. Acts chapter 27, verse 17. It tells the story. Paul is on board a ship headed to Rome, where ultimately he's going to die. But before he dies in Rome, he witnesses to Caesar's household and gets them saved and witness to some of the soldiers that they get saved. I mean, but he's on his way to Rome. He's a prisoner on the ship. And the ship has been faced with this uh, typhoon called Eurachlodon. That is, you know, when they start naming storms, it's time to watch out. Yeah. Eurachlodon. And the boat is put together in those days with wood and pinion. Uh, just driving pegs into the wood to hold them together. Well, when the storm starts pushing a ship like this, the ship starts breaking apart. And so what they did, it says, and they put cables, or the word in the Greek is helps, underneath. And they would run a, a cord underneath, and have somebody dive down, take it to the other side, and then they would tie it around the edges of the boat so that the boat was not falling apart. It was held together by the cables, or the helps, is the Greek word for helps. And sometimes the ministry of helps, when people are having things that are tearing their lives apart, you being there to offer help, to hold their, their world together through prayer, through just support, can open up a door for you to have a witness and to share your faith. And then Hebrews 4.16 said, you can come boldly, same word is used here, come boldly before the throne of grace that we might find mercy to help in times of need. And so the ministry of helps and helping others can open the doors for us to share our faith. An open door of witness, doing good deeds, not to be seen, but to open the door so that we can share. Praying for effectively sharing of your faith. I've just got a couple more points before we move to the second prayer point, which I'm all excited about. I'm going to get there in a minute. Okay. How to develop your personal witness or how to share your faith. 
we talk about sharing our faith, but how do you do it? And I want to give you some simple pointers, okay? Is that all right? Sure, go ahead. Just some simple pointers. We need it. Too many details in your story can muddy the water. Keep it the, the K-I-S-S principle. You've heard of it before. The, mm -hmm. the new pastor was preaching and was waxing eloquent in his message and his wife was sitting on the front row and she kept saying, K-I-S-S. And then he would continue preaching. She's, honey, K-I-S-S. And after the service, the, some of the board went up and said, that was so wonderful, you know, you showing your love for your husband while he's preaching. We, we were really impressed. He says, no, I was simply giving them the acrostic. Keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> so when Linda's back blowing kisses at me, that's what she's telling me. But sometimes we can try to share our faith, share our witness about Jesus, and we can include too many details. They don't need to know who your second cousin on your mother's side is. They don't need to know a lot of names. You know, well, my brother, uh, so-and-so, so-and-so, he had this, that, and the other, and everything. He was sick. And we prayed for him, and Jesus healed him. Boom! They don't care who your brother is. <laughs> they're, they're hearing about Jesus and what he can do. Uh, keep it simple. Don't quote a lot of scripture to people who don't know it. Because it doesn't mean a thing to them. Now scripture to me blesses me. Amen? Blesses you. Yes, yes. Study the scripture. But to somebody who doesn't know the author, isn't a born again believer, sharing scripture with them is a, it's like reading a phone book. You know, it's, huh? Scripture is to build up ourselves in our most, most holy faith. So keep it simple. Uh, share things that people can relate to in sharing your faith. Uh, personal parable ideas. Jesus taught in parables to the, the simple folk of his day. He didn't go and says, well, you know, it says in Leviticus 4.13, you know, uh, he doesn't didn't do it. He did not do that at all, did he? No, he did not. He says, you know, it's kind of like he's looking up on the hillside. He says, see that guy up there, sowing seed out there. It's kind of like the king. And he says, it's you know, sees sowing some, and it goes over here, and some goes over there, and some, and then Jesus takes this simple parable. And speaks to them about the fact, well, it's like sowing the word. And sometimes it takes root real quickly, but we let other cares and everything choke it out. And sometimes it, it gets into a hardened ground and you know it doesn't bear fruit. But sometimes, just sometimes, it gets into the right soil, boom, and it bears fruit. Simple parables. Simple. Uh, can you think of some simple things that go on in your life that maybe you can use uh, to share your faith with someone. 
You see somebody that's down, depressed, and whatever. You can think of things in your life that have pulled you out of similar situations that the Lord can use for you to share your faith. Let me give you a simple idea. And this is homework, okay? This is your homework for the week. Is to think of some simple parables of life, your life, that you can use as a lead-in to share your faith and that can be effective. Last week, in the King House household, we had a tragedy. Years ago, Linda had purchased, we had purchased for Linda a electric recliner, an extra wide recliner. You can almost see the cares melt away when Linda pushes the button on the side and her feet swoop up. She can crochet, she can do whatever. And so, her recliner, I hear a plaintive cry. Yeah. And I go over, and their recliner has stopped working. I can't get down. Her feet are up in the air, you know, she can't get up. So I had to go over and, and drag her off of the recliner. <laughs> and I fiddled with it and whatever, and changed plugs and whatever. It was dead. It was just dead. And she was in great sorrow and weeping. She was even more sorrowful when she saw how much those things cost. And so I said, well, when I get home from the office tomorrow, I will try and see if there's anything else I can do. But it looks like we're going to have to buy another one. Oh. So I get home from the office and I take the chair and I flip it over. It's still extended out. It won't fold up, you know. Over there. And one by one, I started going through the connections of the wiring. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just going through. The, I'm not a skilled person, as you know. I'm not skilled. And so I take them apart and put them back together. Blow on them a little bit. Learned that when I used to have an old Atari. Remember those? Blow yes. on And I did all that. I pulled out the main, blew on it, put it back in. And I'm not hopeful. And it worked. It was all in the connections. And I used that to talk to somebody just the other day about checking your connections with God. When life isn't working, check your connections. I shared that with somebody just and they received So, Paul is praying, and we are to be praying for others that the sharing of their faith would be more effective. You're kind of like Mikey. You can do anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I had no clue what I was doing, but, but uh, just but broken connection. So, looking at things in your life that Maybe you're standing in line in the in the Walmart and somebody's having trouble with something and you've been working on this and preparing for this so that when an opportunity arises, the Holy Spirit can say, ah, right there. 
this is the spot. Now, if you hadn't been working on anything, it's tough for him to say, hey, 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 uh, uh, there's a good opportunity. And it's missed. So, homework. Think of some simple things that the Lord could remind you of that he's done in your life or simple parables. Jesus spoke in parables that weren't spiritual. And whether it's going to a wedding feast or, or sowing seed or finding a pearl in the, in the garden, you know, it, 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 uh, a treasure in the field. He spoke of simple things. So, so those common parables can be an entry for you to effectively share your faith. And I've also given you an opportunity to figure out next Wednesday night you can be seated at tables by people who are happy, their kids are thrilled, they're having fun, they're eating a hot dog that's been grilled by moi, and, and they've got a fresh bag of popcorn and a hot chocolate, and you're sitting there and you say, hey, uh, is there anything I can pray with you about, anything you're going through? And they say, well, we're going through this and this. Might be just the time for you to effectively share your faith. What are they going to do? Say, I don't want your popcorn anymore. No, they probably won't. Share your sandwich. Share your sandwich. Now, the second and final prayer principle is one I'm really excited about. Praying for your Onesimus. The one that got away. The one that's running from God. That family member, that friend, that associate at work, whatever. Pray for your Onesimus that's distanced themselves from you and from God. And as you're praying for him, I, I firmly believe that when he talked to Philemon about praying for an effective witness, Philemon was probably feeling like a failure until Onesimus showed up and he heard the story of how a thousand miles away he shackled him up with Paul and it changed everything. Those individuals, how many have got somebody that's running from God or moving away from God, wants nothing to do with God, you know. And I know there's hands up for those that are watching at home. Paul was in prison. Paul was in prison. And he had a purpose for being there. Yes, you were saying something? Yeah, I want to ask a question. How yeah. are those people, if it's Somewhere, uh, something a little bit happening. They just don't want to go to church anymore. They want to stay home and watch uh, church and TV. Mm -hmm. How about those people? What we can tell them is we can share with them what a joy it is to meet together with brothers and sisters of faith. It's something special when we get together and we praise God together. Uh, it's, it's something special when we, we get to be with our brothers and sisters. I look forward to our gathering together with each of you. 
it, we kid around, we poke fun at, at Jim, and we, we do, we hit him with a hammer, we do all kinds of things. Uh, on, in the evening, I usually pick on Tom at least once, but he's not here, so I can't pick on him today. But it, we have good, fun times together as the family of God. And, and, and they're missing that. They're missing that. And there's some that have never been back to church since the pandemic started. They go other places. They'll go to Kroger's. But you don't get blessed at Kroger's. You get rocked at Kroger's. And, and uh, have you noticed how, Yeah. But they'll go other places. But for some reason, it's, well, I'll just stay in the comfort of my... It's important to realize church is not just about you. Right. It's about the body of Christ getting together, mm -hmm. brothers and sisters. And if if you're supposed to have somebody else's back in prayer, you're supposed to be encouraging them and you're not there, where's the encouragement? Right. So one of the ways to talk to people that, that, that how I talk to people about it is, you know, you're needed by the body of Christ. Yeah. Uh, would, if, you, if your hand was missing, would you miss it? Oh, yes. How many of you ever had something happen, you were in a cast or something, you didn't have use of, a, of, of, yes. of your hand or something? Boy, do you miss it. Yes. And those, how many of you have some little quirky pains and things and you can't lift your arm up or you mm -hmm. get pain doing that? Boy, it's very obvious when that happens. Yes. And when the body of Christ is not all here to function, something gets left undone. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, if you've got an itch in the middle of your back, you know what I'm saying? Yes. You've got an itch in the middle of your back and you can't reach it, and there's nobody else around, it can drive you certifiably insane. Yes. Rubbing against walls and all kinds of things. But if you have somebody, oh, oh, yeah, oh, oh, yeah, oh, 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 yeah, oh, yeah. It's the same thing with the body of Christ. When the body of Christ is missing members and parts, it can't do everything it needs to do. Something's going to get left undone. And so, you know, when I talk to people about well, is it, you know, I can stay in my pajamas and watch. I said, yeah, but there's others that, that need you. And what a joy it is to be around our brothers and sisters in Christ and to, to fellowship and laugh together and, yes. and have a good cup of coffee together and, and, make, and study God's Word together and make it come alive. Yeah. Our church is a family. It's your family. Yeah. And many times it's closer than our regular family. And it, it's, it's so important. Uh, so that's one of the ways. We see in Paul's situation here, his predicament was God's placement for Philemon's Onesimus. Understand what I'm saying? God allowed Paul to be in that place 
because he was strategizing to get Onesimus to a place where he could hear a witness and couldn't run from it. You can't run when you're chained to the messenger. You know? It's what we used to call in prison ministry a captive audience. Yeah. I didn't when I used to go to the prisons and minister, I didn't have anybody walk out on me. They weren't allowed. They had to stay for the whole thing. If they came to the class, they came to the, the service, they were not of an option to get up and leave. They had to they were a captive audience. And Onesimus was a captive audience. God allowed Paul to be in prison at just the right time because he wanted to answer the prayers of Philemon about Onesimus. Your predicament, what the situation you're in, could be a situation where God is putting you, allowing you to be in a position. I'm not saying he caused it to, for you to be in that situation, but it can be a place where you can witness to someone from that same predicament. It wasn't somebody who was free coming in and preaching to Onesimus. It was somebody in chains just like he was witnessing to him. Maybe you're going through depression or you're going through difficult times. That predicament can be a placement where God can send somebody across your path that needs to hear about your Jesus. Mm -hmm. And then he's walked with you through the dark times and the dark valleys. So your predicament could be God's placement, putting you in the right place to be a witness to someone. So they kind of go hand in hand. The first principle, praying for effective sharing of faith of others. Can we pray for each other today? For the effective sharing of our faith with others. And also, praying for our Onesimus, that one who's running from God or distant from God or distant from you. Pray that God puts them in a situation where they're a captive audience yes. and somebody can share faith with them. And it's not just it's not just people that are lost. It's people that are confused and out of God's will. Yeah. You know, God prepared a fish. He prepared a storm and a fish yeah. to get to a place where Jonah was in a predicament. And after three days, he finally got unstubborn enough to pray. And God saved an entire country through his ministry. So, what you're going through right now may be a predicament that God can use to touch somebody else that's going through something similar. When you can actually say, I know what, I know what you're experiencing. This happened to me. And many times it's been the death of my son has been used to open a door for me to talk to somebody who'd had the death of a loved one and try to process it or whatever. My predicament can be God's placement for me to minister to someone, share my faith. 
the, this world is really uh, so divided, and, and people are hurting, you know, on one side and wanting to kill on the other side and, and destroy the whole family whole uh, economy and it's, it, it's terrible what and when you evil. think of it though if the whole world is sick and you have the cure mm -hmm. you have a mission no matter where you go mm -hmm. we have the cure for what ails the world we have those prayer booklets back there about praying for Muslims now these people are not devout Muslims over in the Hamas. They're using that as a lever because they hate Jews. Mm -hmm. But uh, if you get a Muslim saved to know Jesus Christ, they're, they're not going to want to kill Jesus' relatives. Mm -hmm. Bottom line. And uh, so the whole world is sick, but we have a cure. His name is Jesus. We're going to stop there for today. And what's your homework? What's your homework assignment? Personal parables of situations that the Lord can use to remind you of situations, everyday situations. I used one Sunday morning. Now I'll close with this, I'm sorry. Used one Sunday morning. We were at a football game and Rachel and I were taking the, the niece and the nephew uh, to the, and the people were pulling in, the last minute people coming into the ball game in the parking lot. And little Espen and her brother reached up and each one took a hand. Now there's nothing I can do to stop a car. I'm a bigger target, I understand. But they felt safe when they were walking through a scary parking lot with somebody bigger than they are. Mm -hmm. And we can reach up and take the hand of the man who stilled the waters. Yes. Take the hand of the man who calmed the sea and walk with him through the valleys and the difficulties in simple childlike faith. They didn't know that I couldn't do a thing about it the car situation, but they had confidence that they were attached to me, they were going to be safe. Mm -hmm. And we can take that same message to people of connection, of walking with the Lord. Are you scared? Well, you know, if you had somebody to walk with, maybe that fear would take away. We'll stop. I've talked too much today. Uh, prayer request today. We want to pray for, how many of you can think of at least one Onesimus in your life. One person that's heard but still running from God, knows better but still, let's pray for their predicament, that they get chained up with somebody that uh, has an opportunity to witness to them. Unsaved loved ones. Other prayer requests. Unspoken requests. Situations. That we can take to the Lord in faith. So I don't know what the my brother or sister's going through, but they need your help, and you know what's best to do. Other prayer requests today. Yes. Just for us, as we try to finish, you know, with 
Ryan's estate. We'd like to get everything done before the end of the year. Okay. Doing all that estate work and everything, it's hard. hard Jeff in the house. Yeah. Yes, Jeff. Pray for my son. For your son. Other prayer requests today? I pray yes. for Linda and Ronnie uh, Ingram. They, they're going through some rough times. And, uh, yeah. I just pray that they, they know the Lord. Okay. I'll be talking to him today. Make sure it's his connection. Yes, connection. Because I'm not all, always that sure when I talk to Ronnie about his connection. I know. <laughs> Well, let's go to prayer today. We have several lead us out in a word of prayer. And uh, maybe name your Onesimus. That person that's running from God, just name their name before the Lord and ask the Lord to reach them, to corral them, to put them in a place where somebody can reach them. Yes. Paul shared the same gospel message that Philemon had been sharing with Onesimus, but just from a different place. Yes. And it, it worked. So let's have several lead us out in prayer and just even say the name of that one you're praying for to come to the Lord. Dear Lord Jesus, we truly thank you for your word, Lord, that so many many times it encourages when we feel very low. We thank you for the many, many blessings you bestowed upon people. We ask you to look down at those people over in Israel, Lord, that's missing parents, missing sons and daughters, Lord, and lost their little babies, Lord. Let's give down our pastor, Lord, touching from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet, Lord, and on his lips, Lord, that he can bring the Holy Ghost, Lord, before us, Lord Jesus. Look down on my brothers and my sisters, Lord, those who have gone through a difficult time, Lord. But you are the rock. You are the one we can stand on, Lord. I ask you to look down upon my son, Lord, that you will help him and guide him, Lord, that he will come back into the way, Lord. I ask you to look down upon fellow relatives of the Lord that, that what once knew you, Lord, and that straight away because of different difficulties and things in the family. So dear Lord, I thank you for my brothers and sisters, Lord, for I know their prayers are going up before you, Lord, incense, Lord, and the lamp unto the pathway, Lord. Help us all, Lord, that we can get a closer walk with you in these evil, evil days, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you for the love that's down deep within our 
so Lord Jesus, thank you, thank you, thank you for the many, 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 many blessings that you bestow on your people. We give you all the praise, all the praise in that wonderful name of all names. Thank you, Jesus. that's running from you that Father you will confine them in such a way put them in position where someone can speak to them as a captive audience someone that they have to listen to we're thankful Father that Paul was where he was so that the prayer of Philemon could be answered Lord we we thank you for the opportunities you give us to be a witness, to share our faith. And help us as we're looking at the, the parables of our lives that you would use to touch others. We pray, Father, for the upcoming outreach. Father, this evening of fun and candy and food and everything can be a time where there's rejoicing in heaven because souls are saved. Yes. Lives are touched. Families see the need yes. of being a part of the, of the church. Yes. We pray for Janet's son and everything that's going on there that Father you would step in yes. and that you would yes. make yourself real to him. Yes. 
turn this situation around. Yeah. For individuals that are going through struggles right now that they could call upon your name and realize in the midst of their struggle that you can use that predicament as divine placement for them to touch somebody else's life. We thank you for all of these things. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the opportunity of getting together. We, we pray right now for those who, who don't see the need of being in the fellowship of attending your, your fellowship of the church. Father, help, help them to see how important they are to others. That it's not just about them, it's about others. We ask, Father, you send us out rejoicing tonight, this day. We pray for the evening services, for ministry to all ages. And we pray, Father, that souls will be drawn closer to you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Oh, and I forgot to announce the center, the middle stall in the ladies' restroom is open for business. So, and we're working on the others. We had trouble. We had Jackie come in and paint, and the paint bubbled up on him twice. And he said he'd never seen anything quite like that before. So we're still working on that, but we have at least one stall is ready for you ladies. So get off my case. We're working hard. We're working hard. We're not hardly working. We're working hard. The demon-possessed bathroom. I'll tell you. We've tried that. Pastor, I brought a bag of stuff that I got from people for... Um, Carissa? Yes. I just want the flimmity about that. Okay. I'll tell her, right? But there's a... I mean, but it's just I, I just spread the word and I got... They, they have and I just sat it out there on the chair. Okay, I'll, right. I'll take it upstairs. That's fine. I hope you can sell. I knew it. 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 I knew it.
person yeah. that and some uh, substitutes and volunteers. And then also, uh, we have the outreach coming up next Wednesday. Want to help in any way with that? Well, we're going to have, it's called Trump and Treat. And the kids from the neighborhood, we usually have about 200 kids there. And uh, they'll dress up in costumes and we'll have games in each of the cars that are there. And they'll give out candy to them and then we have hot dogs and whatever. And uh, we share gospel tracts with them.
That's for 